Okay, we're starting. Hello, and welcome to Sad Girls Against the Patriarchy. I'm Allison. And I'm Alexis. And we are your sad girls. Episode number two! We're doing it. We made it this far. Our subject today, Pamela Anderson. And Anna Nicole Smith. We're doing the Bimbo series. Yes! (laughs) Redemption arc for the Bimbos. And we're bringing back the word Bimbo, okay? Like, we're reclaiming it. It's ours. Bimbo is also back. Thanks to maybe meme culture. Yes. Sad girls wear a frown, bimbos wear a crown. That's right. Don't forget it. I brought wine again. I felt like I needed it. It's a crutch. It's not even wanting to day drink. It's just wanting to be funny on the internet. Yeah, and I have debilitating anxiety, so um, one drink for me is just like normal human level of other people. I'm sorry about that debilitating anxiety thing because I I don't have that. We should get into our individual mental illnesses at some point because they are diverse. We cover a spectrum. We really do. (laughs) I I think that's what works about us, though. I feel like we both have like, we're obviously very similar because we're friends, but we also have very different lots of things about us. We can appeal to multiple kinds of people. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's right. I went on a date recently. Oh. This is my surprise story I told Alexis before that I couldn't say anything so that it was fresh. These are (gasps) fresh, real reactions. Oh my gosh. It wasn't a very good date. (laughs) No surprise to anyone. The date was pretty bland. I'm going to give it a six out of ten, one being the worst date of all time. Also, stories that we should tell, because how fun would that be? How'd you meet? Where'd you go? What was the, you know, negative four points? I'm on Hinge because people say that that's where you meet people who want a real relationship. relationship. Yeah. I just heard about this. Yeah, but I've been on two Hinge dates and they were both very boring. So now I'm worried that the kind of people who are ready to settle into a relationship are also boring to me. They need like a, I don't know, a website for weirdos. They, you know what I mean? They totally do. I don't remember what it's called. Someone suggested it to me, but everyone's poly open no. looking for a thing. No, no. It needs to be like a less cringe, yeah. like vampire freaks <laughs> like dating website. Vampire seeking blood. <laughs> Just like alt girls trying to date alt dudes that aren't, that like have a job. That's not a... Yeah, I just don't feel like that exists. true. It's a very niche little divot that we're in. Yeah. So it was boring. I also outdrank him, which usually happens. We split a bottle of wine, and he got pretty, pretty sloshed, and I was just sitting there like, yeah, okay, here we go again. There's a meme that's... No, exactly. There's a meme that says, first date idea, take them on a bender and see if they can handle it. They usually can't. I feel like, you know, we're not trying to be picky. It's just... No, I'm... You know, you gotta I'm trying to be picky. I'm saying, like, you know, people that have, like, lists, like, uh-huh. like checklists. Oh, sure. Yeah, where it's like, oh, that. well, you know, he has a dog instead of a cat, so mm-hmm. he's gone, which, you know. Actually, yeah. I mean, that was a bad example. <laughs> Very bad example. Pamela Anderson, who I'm going to talk about, got married several times. She was always finding love, and there's talk about her being a love addict, and she admits to being in love with the idea of love. And I meet maybe one person a year who I'm kind of attracted to, and then it's a disaster. So this idea of multiple marriages throughout your life baffles me. Yeah. I mean, there are some people that just, like, romanticize romance, right? Like, they just want the idea of a relationship versus actually being in one, which is can be kind of shitty sometimes, you know? I would romanticize romance if there was someone worth romanticizing. (laughs) So far, there's not. Yeah, I mean, I'm so thankful because all my single friends in L.A., the stories I hear are just absolute, just horse, like, just a horror show. Yes. Horror show. And a horror show. (laughs) And a horror show. (laughs) Depends on who you're talking to. Speaking of uh, whores, um, I just... (laughs) 
transition. <laughs> Great segue. This is a sex worker inclusive podcast. Yes. No swerfs allowed. Last mm-hmm. episode we said no turfs and no swerfs. So mm-hmm. uh, sex work is legitimate work. It is hard work. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today, I feel like, is encompassing of that. Both these women posed for Playboy, did a lot of new modeling and things like that. Okay, let's start from the beginning here, Okay. People. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Alexis, and today... Welcome to Sad Girl... Oh, wait, no, we did that <laughs> Oh, wait, shoot. Right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about Anna Nicole Smith. The way it's personalized for me, A... She's a Houston queen. I'm also from Houston. Slave. People from Houston, if you know anyone, you'll find out really quickly. We're very proud people. It's like a nationality of its own. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't even claim Texas half the time. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what Texas is. But Houston, on the other hand. That's not true. You do claim Texas every time. Okay. You know what? But, That's okay. a new thing, though. Okay. That's okay. a moving to California thing. I see. Back in Houston, I was like, F Texas, all Houston all day. Gotcha. And then. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. My husband's from Dallas, so I have to, like, say oh. all of it, which I hate Dallas because also that's a Houston thing. Stupid. But anyways, so she's from Houston. And then growing up in the early 2000s with reality TV, she was everywhere. She lived a life, okay? Terrible childhood from the start. Super poor. They couldn't even afford heating sometimes. She would steal toilet paper from restaurants. Her mom had her at 16. Apparently, her father was convicted of statutory rape Oh God! a couple times, so good start. And apparently, her stepdad, her brother, and her sister physically and sexually abused her. Oh, no. She did eventually go end up living with her aunt in Mejia, Texas, which is... And I had to look up where this is. It's like the middle of fucking nowhere. Are you even from Texas if you don't know where Mejia, Texas is? <laughs> there's, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of small places in, in Texas. There's a lot of it I've that's terrible. I've never heard terrible. of it. I'm just kidding. Is it near the border? No, it's only like two hours west of Houston. Oh. It's like a one-horse town, so that's where she grew up later when she became more like a teenager. Long story short, she dropped out of 10th grade and worked at a fried chicken place as a waitress. That's most of her background. Married the fry cook, as mm. you do. Uh-oh. Classic. No, Classic danger. server and cook. Danger. Danger. <laughs> She had her son pretty quickly after, so she, I think, was 17 when she had her son. Apparently, this guy was an abusive piece of shit, too. What? Wow. Surprise. Shocking. But it was really sad. There was an interview with her, and she just said, I felt so alone all the time, and I felt like if Aww. I had a child, I'd never be alone again, and I just wanted to have a friend. Oh, no. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, she's... throwing and crying up. Like, Yeah, she's a dog. She does later get a dog Good. in her reality show years. I see. She leaves... Shitty husband goes back to Houston. Again, H-Town, hold it down. She tries to work as a server again because that's her background, including at Red Lobster. Ah, best restaurant only after Olive Garden, I mean, obviously. Yes, which are owned by the same company because, oh. you know, everything's Monopoly in America. Good but to know. I, I will know that. get down on some Suck Lob and uh, suck some lob. Fe- Fettuccine Alfredo. Suck Lob is an inside <laughs> joke. It means succulent lobster. <laughs> I think they can figure it out. I don't know. Okay. We have smart listeners. I, I All do like 10 that. of them. Oh, okay. Wait. I wanted to check how many listeners of our first episode oh, we've had. No. I kind of wanted I to do a depressed. Yeah, I wanted to do a live. Low estimate 10, high estimate 30 is where I'm going. That's, ooh, 50. 50. Okay. 50 plays. That's not bad. That exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I mean, I think I only listened once <laughs> i did let it play on my account a couple times but not more than twice i only yeah i only played it on spotify once just Definitely. to make sure it sounded okay this is like 40 genuine plays yeah i would say which is not bad thank you misandrous memes followers yes thanks guys so she's serving at the suck lob restaurant of yes. red lobster suck lob. <laughs> <laughs> and she's next to a strip club with a giant neon sign and she's very mm. tempted by this and she says 
I'm going to go see if he'll give me a job as a waitress. Ah. Because that's, again, her background. Gateway. Yes. And they're like, well, we don't need a waitress, but mm. we could use some more dancers. And you're real cute. So she starts, and apparently she's just terrible. Oh, no. Like, people think that's an easy job. No. It's, it's not. Because it's, 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 there's a lot of things that go into, I think I would be, again, anxiety. It's not even about, like, being able to dance. You have to engage your audience. Yes. You have to. You're a performer. It's it's a performance. Yeah, and you're playing a character, too, because you have yes. to pretend to be interested in the people you're interacting with. You have to give them an experience and sell it. So she was bad at it. She was not great, but she's a good learner. And, I mean, she is naturally beautiful, and she is a natural performer. So she wasn't a good dancer, but she got into it and she realized everyone sort of had like their thing like their persona sure their and niche. um she said the thing that worked the most was baby talking because of course the men oh, loved disgusting. that yep yep <laughs> mommy again again men are the worst so yeah baby talk worked gross and she actually was flat chested like she not to body shame there's nothing wrong with that but no. she she hustled and scrimped and saved and got her own first implants. Like, she took extra shifts mm-hmm. at, like, other strip clubs in Houston. Girl boss. And got her own implants all on her own because she knew it was, like, an investment Ooh, in yes. her career. In her she future. knew this was, like, something she needed to do. I love that. To advance in her career field. Smart. Exactly. So she's killing it. She's a single mom. She's working it. She's doing everything for her son. Oh, wait. Yeah, I forgot. She totally has a baby She at has home. a baby. Wow. Yeah. She's doing all of this on her own. So I feel like the big thing, Allison. Alexis. What's the big thing you know about Anna Nicole Smith? Because I feel like your childhood was a little bit <laughs> um, whatever, sheltered in yeah, some way. Yeah, it's like, whatever you're going to say, it's going to be generous compared to the reality. I was raised in basically a religious cult with very limited view of culture. And everything that I know, I had to learn intentionally from about 16 on when I got access to the internet. And there were only some things that I pursued. But... I kind of knew you were going to ask this question. I read the Wikipedia article on it just to make sure. What I got from it is Gold Digger supposedly yes. married her husband for money. Yes. And I feel like that's that's one of the big things she's she's known for. So she actually meets J. Howard Marshall in like 91. And I'm just foreshadowing here. They don't get married till 94. They were more like a friendship. Like obviously he was madly in love with her from the get-go because she's stunning and gorgeous. And he's a very... He is a returning customer to the dancing scene in the Houston area. Frequent flyer. Yeah, and I will say, again, as a Houstonian, it is very much a weirdly Houston cultural thing. Like, it's woven Mm. into the fabric of Houston of strip clubs and, like, restaurants. Restaurants. Yes. So, you know... What does that mean? Like, Twin Peaks. Okay. Hooters. It's, like, where it's a restaurant, but... The girls are in skimpy outfits. Where I'm from, we had <laughs> bikini baristas. Where oh. I know I didn't realize this was just a Pacific Northwest thing. I was like, that's left. a very Washington sounding thing. I didn't know. And then I've gone back to visit. I'm like, oh, yeah, you would just always drive by these little stalls on the side of the street where it would be a barista who was just wearing a skimpy bikini and she would make you your coffee. And now having worked in coffee shops, that's very dangerous because like yeah. steaming milk and pouring boiling hot espresso shots. I feel like there were some burns. And I knew guys who would go and they would befriend these women. Befriend in quotes, because quotes. obviously she didn't consider them as a friend. 
friend, but they would become regulars because they developed this pseudo sort of parasocial relationship with their barista models. It's similar where it's yeah, like these same idea. Usually these dudes sort of return to the restaurants and they're like, oh, look, it's Carol. Yeah, She's right. on today. Ugh. She's cool. It is very much a Houston thing to like go to the strip club, you go to the restaurant. It's a it's an oil town, so we don't have tech bros, we have oil bros. So it's Ooh. like you do your business Maybe at the worse. strip club, hundred percent worse. So it's very much like he's a oil tycoon. Eventually, will become billionaire. It's more a friendship at this point. I mean, he proposes a week after meeting her. She's like, no, that's not right. Like, I want to make it on my own. I don't want to like go around this route. But she's dating other people, and he's cool with it. She has a boyfriend at the time. He takes pictures of her. He sends them to Playboy. Okay. They immediately are like, fuck yeah. Sure. You rule. <laughs> She's on the cover. Uh-huh. She gets Planet of the Year. From the Playboy cover, the guest casting person immediately hires her as the guest jeans girl, replacing Claudia Schiffer, which is Ooh. also a crazy. So she's, like, blowing up. She gets an H&M campaign. There's posters of her in Norway where they literally had to go to the courts to say if they're going to even have posters of her up or not because they were causing traffic accidents <laughs> where people were stopping to look at these posters of her because she's oh, so, like, bodacious. And they were Feminine like, is this... power. Yes. Wow. So all of this happens. She's killing it. She's getting acting roles. Some are smaller, but she wants to be an actor. She's on primetime TV shows. She had a bit on Ally McBeal, which is a huge show at the time. After all of this... That's when she marries J. Howard Marshall. Because they do have this good relationship. He does like taking care of women. He has a history of having a mistress for 10 years because his wife had like really advanced dementia, which is really sad. So he had a mistress for 10 years that he also took care of, also was a dancer. So his wife died in 91. And then a couple months later, his mistress, who was named Lady, she dies a couple months after his wife on the operating table getting a facelift. Oh, so he's not feeling good. And that's when he goes into the strip club where he meets Anna Nicole Smith. But he's also one of those dudes that's just like, I want to take care of you. Here's some money. Like, live your dreams. And he paid for her, obviously, to get more work done and, like, augment her boobs more and do all this stuff. Because he's, you know, he is using her for her body. Yeah. No, that's... Our... Why aren't we talking about that? Exactly. No, that's our attitude. If men are going to use women for their beauty, why shouldn't women use men for their money? And that's the thing, too. People act like he was this demented old man. No, mm. he, he was, like, physically kind of frail. He was older. He was, like, 88, 89. But he was still doing business. So right. he was completely of sound mind. So he wasn't a victim. Absolutely. Is what you're saying. He wanted a big titty girl. <laughs> and he, he got wa- one. Yes. He got it. But obviously, once she marries him, she becomes... This one, she becomes a joke. She has committed the ultimate sin of marrying a man for money. She was actually on the cover of New York Magazine about how white trash is overtaking America. And they oh used this my picture God. of her. Didn't ask her. She sued them. Yes. And she's not even, like, really in the article, by the way. They're, like, shitting on Paula Jones, who was the first person that accused Bill Clinton of sexual harassment. And they're just talking about these women being... It, the article is heinous. Yeah. <laughs> it is so misogynistic and... It was offensive. I was reading it and I was just like, this is horrible. It's so classist and talking about these poor people. And they were just using her face as like a modeling. Yeah, there's a picture of her and it's I think it's a modeling picture where she's wearing boots and she's sitting with knees up and she's eating a bag of potato chips. And it's like white trash America. (laughs) Well, if you eat potato chips wearing boots, I mean, what are people gonna say? What are they gonna think? So this was in around the time or I think Around the time she marries him. So she's 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 a punchline at this point already. Gotcha. She's literally being just absolutely trashed all the time. He dies a year later after they get married. Well, he's old. Yes, and he was not doing amazingly to begin with. 
So he does pass away, and long story short, it turns into, like, this messy legal battle with his son, and he takes away, like, all the stuff. She had a property from him. He took away the property, and it was this whole big legal battle. It never got resolved even in her lifetime. It was messy. She had to go to court in California and Texas. In California, they awarded her money from his estate. In Texas, they denied it. The lawyer in Texas, he pushed her. If she got upset on the stand, he would say things like, oh, did you take new acting classes? <laughs> And she would cry and be like, fuck you, Brandy, Uh, which was like the dude's first name. Of course, Brandy. So people were like, oh, well, this isn't, she's not very couth. I thought she was better than this, but he was intentionally poking her so she would lose her shit a little bit. Got it. Do you think she loved him? She said she did. And there's a lot of footage of them doing stuff. And she, I don't think it was necessarily romantic for her. Okay. But I think she did love him in, like, her own way. Like, they did have a very established relationship. He want, he said he wanted to take care of her and her son. He was, like, very adamant about making sure her son was okay. Which, for all women, regardless if you have kids or not, if a dude wants to take care of a child, A+. plus. No, that's true. I keep forgetting about her kid. And this dude's like, I want to take care of you and your kid. I want to make sure that you guys are okay. I wonder if she'd been single, or sorry, if she hadn't been a mother, probably would have approached it very differently. 100%. I, I mean, I have full faith that that would be a different scenario completely. But he does pass away, and she's not in the will at all, despite what he oh. has told her. Oh. There is debate about whether the son changed the will Uh-oh. in the last six months before he passed away. Uh-oh. So basically, she doesn't get shit, and she eventually files bankruptcy because she's racking up these giant bills because she's used to this lifestyle. Between here and there, it's just kind of messy. There's a lot of people involved. She's got, like, a lot of entourage. It seems like she's just got sort of a lot of enablers around her. Because of her implants, she develops a lot of pain. Big-chested women are familiar with the fact that if you have a big chest, you come with a lot of back problems because you're literally carrying weight on the front of you at all times. So she suffers from back problems from this... She actually has an implant burst at one point, like horrible. She starts getting prescribed a lot of pain medication and she also suffers from anxiety insomnia. So she gets a lot of benzodiazepines. Eventually they found out that she was getting prescriptions in other people's names. People were getting them for her in their name. And, and she also suffers like seizures. She has an overdose prior to her death. She overdoses a couple times. And in 2000, she gets offered a reality TV show from E! And again, she's, like, not necessarily doing well. And she says yes to this. And this is the infancy of reality TV. And it's just her living her life. And I couldn't even watch reruns when I was looking this up because I remember even at the time being a little kid and not understanding nuances and things like that. I remember thinking, she's not okay. And we're, like, laughing at her. We're seeing this woman have probably some of the worst moments of her life. She's struggling with drug addiction. And we're laughing at her. And during all this time, too, she gains a lot of weight. Now we hate her again because how dare she gain weight? Ugly women have no value. Yeah, absolutely not. How dare you? being five pounds overweight is ugly. Yes. There's this video of her on Howard Stern. He says something like, well, you shouldn't be dressing like that. You're heavy set. I don't think you've looked in a mirror. Gross. And then he says, I want you to get on that scale and I want to weigh you and I want to do an over under to see how close I am. Ew. And she's even during that. She's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have you do that and make fun of me. That's ridiculous. And he's like, well, I'll give you a thousand dollars to put into your child's college fund. And she said, that's not enough. (laughs) But she is just made fun of. She's having all these public meltdowns, but she's, she's struggling. I mean, this is the same era we're making fun of Britney Spears. We're making fun of all these people for their downfall. We love reveling in these people that we think were above us or rich or famous or whatever doing poorly. 
And then she gets a redemption arc because, ready for this, Allison? Ready. Because she loses 60 pounds. Oh, so now wow. we love her again, everyone. She her lost value. weight. Her value is back. Yay. Yay. Queen. She ends up going to the Bahamas, lives there for a little bit. To escape. For perhaps. sure. For sure. She's pregnant with her second child, has her in the Bahamas. Her son comes from, I think, California to come visit her. And he also suffers from anxiety, so he took his prescribed medications. He comes to visit her. He's by her bedside. Literally, she's still in the hospital from giving birth. And she wakes up and he's dead. Oh, God. Her son, who she's done everything for, she loves and adores, dies literally in her hospital bed. It was an overdose of his prescribed medications. And also he had methadone, which there's debate about where he got that from because she had a prescription at one time to methadone. So not that I think she gave it to him, but... I could have stolen it. Also, there's a lot of shady prescription writing and people's different names. and So that happens, and obviously she is just distraught. She's famously known for, at his funeral, trying to climb in the coffin with him. Oh, God. When they're, like, trying to lower it down. Oh, because no. she says, I might as well be dead. But she she dies. Like from a, few, a broken a, heart. A few months later. They say that's a thing. Oh, absolutely. That happened with my grandparents. Yeah. Absolutely, that's a thing. Less yeah. than a year later, my granddad died after my grandma. Just in his sleep, peaceful. Oh. I know. So, But she'd given birth, so she had another child. Yes, and she is a, a baby baby. And they're in Florida for some reason. I think they were buying a boat. She had all these, all this stuff going on. She just wasn't doing well in general. She was getting an abscess on her side. So she got a really bad fever and she was septic. And her friends didn't take her to the hospital during all of this and apparently one of her friends was a nurse which i don't claim you anymore (laughs) you are fired from the nurse brigade how dare you out of the club and they wake up in the morning she's dead and they do cpr on her for a while but it's a 38 minute gap from when they find her unresponsive to when they actually call 911 they take her to the hospital she's doa the autopsy showed she had some ridiculous amount of medications in her system, but none of them were illicit. Yeah, it's her prescriptions. And then also things like Benadryl, which people do mm. as like an additive to things like opioids and. I would just fall asleep. Well, that's so the, sleepy. You, you build, I, I know. <laughs> that's, these are drugs for us. No, though. I even with a tolerance. No, I would sleep. I would just sleep. I'm not having a good time. I'm just sleeping. But she had four different benzodiazepines. That's in gonna her save our life someday. We're oh, yeah. on the verge of overdose, but instead we're just sleepy girls. Yes, <laughs> we just pass out. Yeah, instead. we. I, I would never be able to get to that point. <laughs> and I'm you might throw sleeping. up too. I would, which would help throw you. Up. That's on your side. That could save your life. I'm a big puker. I love puking. <laughs> I mean, not like. I don't no, 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 actually, I get it. but like... No, I wish I was. Yes. These are times when you want to. Yes. But she didn't have that. She no. didn't throw up and she didn't fall asleep in time. No. Just and eternal sleep. I think she just had too much going on at the time because she had this giant abscess that caused oh, her to have a 105 degree fever and no one thought that was this something to be scared about. Quite high. And the autopsy, like I said, showed some ridiculous amount of medication in her system. She also had a stomach bug. Like Uh-oh. she had like enteritis. She probably took this kind of medication all the time. All these other factors involved, that was it. She was doomed. I feel like it's one of the most tragic Hollywood tales. She idolized Marilyn Monroe, and I feel like she kind of went out in a similar fashion. And they died roughly the same age. Marilyn Monroe died at 36. She died at 39. Similar trajectory in a lot of ways for her idol. And it's... So this woman (sighs) who supported herself and her child and who made her own name and then married someone who she'd been with for several years and then was written out of their will is now known as a gold digger train wreck. Yeah, and she never got any money from that estate, by the way. Very questionable. Yeah. Questionable Uh, history. Another thing about Red Lobster I forgot to mention. (laughs) Suck Lob. Suck Lob. 
J. Howard Marshall's favorite restaurant was was Red Lobster, and he took her there all the time. And <laughs> oh. one of the many proposals, because he proposed to her like dozens of times, one of the of proposals course. was at Red Lobster. Can wow. you think of anything more romantic? I can. Many things, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, the last of this, too, just shows that the legal stuff for her, for the estate, A, went all the way to the Supreme Court and then went back down, but wasn't settled till I saw there was a court situation for it as late as 2014. She died in 2007. Wow. Like, nine years ago. And it was, J. Howard Marshall died in, like, 95. And uh, the fact that she died just on a lot of pills... She can't have been happy in that place. There's no, no redemption arc for her. That's what sucks, though. It's like, how many stories do we have to have of people not getting their redemption until they die tragically? More, apparently. So we're back. We had a break. What's great about Pamela compared to Anna is that she is... Whoa, we're comparing? Oh, oh yeah, we love comparing women. That's what we do. This is the opposite thing we're trying to do. She's still alive, so she gets to have a redemption arc while she is here to see it, whereas unfortunately, like we were saying, it's posthumous with Anna. So her father was abusive and an alcoholic, and she was later drawn to a lot of really terrible characters, a lot of nasty men, and she does acknowledge that this is likely linked to her upbringing, which is unfortunately the situation for a lot of us who had negative father figures in our lives. She was discovered via Jumbotron at a stadium game, which is just such a crazy story. Her face was featured on the screen, and that led to offers for modeling jobs and commercial jobs after that. And she's known for being hired for her beauty, but what I was just seeing watching interviews of her, watching her in her documentary, is that she has this very compelling it factor that you don't see in everyone. Because you can get a lot of someone's personality just from looking at their face. So why I think online dating can be effective, in my experience, it has not, for the most part. <laughs> you can see someone through just their expression, and she was more than just beautiful. There was a reason she became such a star. She's very compelling. She was offered modeling jobs. She ended up coming to L.A. because Playboy contacted her and said they wanted to feature her, and she moved down here. She was staying at first in the Playboy mansion, she got into it. She reclaimed her sexuality by modeling very naked in these very revealing settings because this was the first time she was consenting to it. We talked about this earlier, the difference between being exploited and taken advantage of versus putting yourself in these situations intentionally. Yeah, and like reclaiming yourself as a sexual being is such a... That's a very mature move. I feel like a lot Absolutely. of people don't ever get to that point. And this wasn't something she ever saw herself as doing. She felt very uncomfortable with her appearance. She was a pretty awkward teenager. And as she became more successful as a Playboy model, she realized she was good at it, but she never thought of herself as good looking. She thought, oh, I'm good at playing this character. I'm good at being this person that they want me to be, which I totally relate to. Also as a performer, I love seeing myself succeed at these kind of visual projects. And it's never like, oh, look at how hot I am. It's like, yeah, I I convinced you all. <laughs> you, you fell for the ruse. What was really fun is that her mom was super supportive. Her mom was like, yeah, if Playboy had ever called me, I would have gone. <laughs> she clearly wished she'd had these opportunities and was very proud of her daughter, which is beautiful because... I love that. I know. A lot of kids would have been doing this out of rebellion, whereas when you have your parents' support, it just feels more pure 
And her parents also, they had a lot of on and off times, but they were still each other's one and only all throughout their lives, which is just kind of interesting. Yeah, aren't they still married? Yeah. It sounded like they might have, maybe they got divorced and remarried, or maybe they just separated, but there weren't, I'm sure there were other people, but there weren't other partners, despite how tumultuous their relationship was, which really parallels what her and, spoiler alert, Tommy Lee had a little bit later. What? No. What? Who? So she had the breakout role on Baywatch, obviously, which she nearly missed out on because she rescheduled her audition 11 times. She was just not into it, and she was supposed to audition in Marina Del Rey, and she's like, where is that? I'm not going out there. It's very L.A. That like, is the most L.A. state. Yeah. If you live on the east side, the west side is long distance. Even though it's 10 miles. <laughs> it depends on the time of day, but that can be over an hour. Easily. But they wanted her very badly, so they were willing to reschedule her and finally get her in there. And then Baywatch became the most widely viewed TV series in the world. There's a Guinness World Record about it. It had an estimated weekly audience of more than 1 billion in 142 countries. Pamela Anderson also has her own Guinness record of being the most downloaded star of all time, unfortunately. But also makes sense. People liked Baywatch, like all around the world. It was really fucking popular. We were definitely way too young and or not alive, I feel like, when that was yeah. a yeah. thing. It wasn't a thing for us, but I still heard of it. So she's doing really well. She has an acting career now, making money and having her own stardom from Baywatch. And then she meets Tommy Lee. She's the co-owner of Sanctuary, which is a bar in L.A., and he comes out on New Year's Eve. She sends out shots to everyone in the bar because it's New Year's Eve. It's like sending out champagne. She sends out shots. And Tommy Lee thinks it's specifically for him. <laughs> I know. This is the funniest thing. <laughs> He's Classic. like, oh, for me? Oh, wow. And he comes over and crawls across her friend's lap and licks her face. And she, instead of licking him back, she she deflects so well. She's always keeping the party going without necessarily giving into what someone is doing. And she licks her friend's face, who's sitting next to her. And then they go around the circle. But I just love that she didn't quite give into what he was doing. She didn't call it out. It was still fun. But instead, he was obsessed with her right away. Just I mean, duh. And... She was too busy to set up a date when she finally did and then didn't show up for it because she ended up having to work. He recalls that he purposefully didn't wash himself, take a bath and get ready for it because he's like, oh, those manicured actresses always like a bad boy. So I'm just going to show up unshowered and grungy. And it's like such a man move right there. They literally don't get it. It's just so gross. Wash your ass. Wash your fucking ass. So he's trying to pin her down for a date. She's going to Cancun for work. And he calls her and says, I want to see you. And she says, I'm going to Mexico. And he's like, oh, I'll come too. And she says, no, I'm going for work. That's insane. Don't go. And he says, well, I'm going to go anyway and I'll find you. She gets to Mexico and she's worried. She's like, I don't want him to find me. I'm looking out for him on guard. And he goes to every hotel. He calls around. He finally finds her. And on her last night there, he talks her into going on a date. Super stalkery and creepy. I know they fell in love and she was into it in the end, but it's very non-consensual and very gross. Yeah, I feel like this is like the modern version of your grandparents' story where yeah. grandma wasn't going to marry me, but I showed up at her yeah, house I broke every her day. down. Yeah. And then they do go out finally 
she has these famous words where she says, what's the worst that could happen? You know, it's my last night here. We'll go out on a date. He drugs her. He puts ecstasy in her drink. In the documentary, she says the line, we put ecstasy in my drink. And the we, I got to say, it sounded a little edited. I have a feeling that was a he originally. That's my own theory. I don't know. But then listening to her interview with Dax Shepard that recently came out on Armchair Expert, she says, he drugged me. He roofied her. Doing drugs, like not knowing you're doing drugs without your consent is terrifying. So terrible. And then that night while they're out and she's on ecstasy, he's asking her, have you ever felt this way about anyone before? And she says, no, I've never felt this way before. Oh my God. Because she was on drugs. (laughs) She'd never done ecstasy before. Everyone's the love of your life when you're on ecstasy. I know. And that's when the romance started. I think that's when she agreed to marry him too. They got married within four days. I'm glad she fell in love with him, and it really did blossom into something, but what a creepy dude. Yeah, um, men, take note if you're listening. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. No. That's not a good... I don't care if you're that Tommy That was an Lee. anomaly. That was not... Correct. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, if I found out someone drugged me and manipulated me into that response... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No way, Jose. No way. They got married in Mexico before coming back to L.A., she got married in a white bikini, and my note under that is slay, question mark. <laughs> because on the one hand, first I was like, how iconic, how beautiful. And then as I found out more about the story, it's like she didn't get to have a real wedding. Her mom wasn't there. It was just this rushed, love at first sight situation. They eloped. They eloped. It's this whirlwind of a romance. And Tommy's parents also had a similar story where his mom was Greek and his dad was American and didn't speak any Greek and they didn't know each other's language, got married within a week of knowing each other. So he was also... I did not know any of this. Good, good. I was hoping I would be able to add some, some information to your knowledge. So he definitely recreated the story that he grew up hearing. Well, yeah. It's like if your parents are happily married, you're going to romanticize their yeah. story. Yeah, their origin story. Yeah. So they get married in Mexico. They come back to L.A. And then the paparazzi are just all over them. It's crazy. They have heard about this marriage. And they're so excited because she was already a star. He was already a star. Oh, yeah. He was in Motley Crue. I forgot to mention. Yes. Yeah. Which was a big band during the like hair metal scene. Yes. Along with Guns N' Roses and all that. Obviously, he's not an important... I mean, I guess he's important to the story just in how he relates to her. He's not the focus of this Absolutely story. Absolutely about Pamela, but to be fair... He wasn't the focus of Molly Crew. <laughs> he's the drummer. Oh. Drummers Burr. are always crazy. So... They have all this attention on them. She's still doing well in her career. He's as well. They have this fiery, passionate romance, and she's starting to get interviewed. She would talk about her implants in interviews because people would ask her about her tits because that's just how it was. America. Fuck yeah. (laughs) And she didn't think to lie. Now there is a culture of women being asked these personal questions, and they can just shut it down or it just will lie like you see a lot of celebrities who very clearly had plastic surgery saying oh no i never i've never and i mean it's their business of course but she was a very candid person she was known for her candor and as i was saying earlier that it factor she was outspoken she was ballsy she was bold she would just say like yeah i've had implants big deal but then her tits became a feature of her career and she was already this sex symbol from Baywatch 
And then the unfortunate sex tape. Uh, I know. Like, we have to, we have to but it's, it's just a, so... It, well, I feel like in the context of what we're talking about, it is integral to this story of... It is. Voyeuristic, you know, watching women, quote-unquote, decline. Yeah, or... it's integral? I would say integral. Yeah. Integral? It, both. Okay. Caribbean, Caribbean? Hmm. I think it's Caribbean. It's both. Okay. What was interesting to learn about it is that it wasn't just a sex tape. It was part of a longer video that they had taken on their, I guess it's a honeymoon. It sounded like it was while they were still in Mexico, right after they got married, and they were, like, on their little houseboat just being romantic. And it was part of an hour-long video that was also just them goofing off and some of their friends in the video. I pictured this as we've set up the camera and we're fucking, and now we have a sex tape, Actually, they just always had camcorders out. Now we have our phones out. They didn't have phones. Can you imagine? I, I think cannot. that was such a thing, too, in the mid-90s. It was more affordable to get camcorders, yeah. so we were like, we got to document everything. That's all they were doing. And this video in particular, it wasn't even meant for any public audience. It just wasn't supposed to be a sex tape. What happened in their situation is their contractor, Rand... What do you think? Gauthier? Gauthier? I meant to look at this. Gauthier. Yeah. was a contractor. He was working on their house. Apparently, Tommy was a shitty employer. Supposedly, according to Rand, he did threaten him at gunpoint when Rand just came back to collect his things after being fired and while being owed $20,000. This doesn't excuse what he did. No, but I'm also... I wouldn't be surprised. Tommy was clearly an asshole. Clearly an alcoholic. And was a shit employer and Rand wanted revenge. So he stole a safe out of their house. Supposedly it was a 500-pound safe that had all of Tommy's guns. By the way, breezed over in all the articles, etc. But apparently had enough guns that he needed to keep them in a safe. Very Tommy. So they had a safe. They had jewelry in there. They had their home videos. They had the bikini that Pamela got married in. And they didn't realize the safe was missing until months later. It was apparently behind, like, a carpeted wall. Like, it was very well hidden. It wasn't just out. And but he's the contractor, exactly. so he knows where all this stuff is. Exactly. Yeah. And he most assuredly had help if it was a 500-pound safe. He tried to take credit himself, but, like, even if you just, like, wheel it out on your little dolly, how are you going to put that in a trunk or anything? You, you need hands. Yeah, you need, like, a hydraulic lift to, like, get that up in a dolly and definitely some friends. There were hands. Yeah. But they, they found out it was missing. They called the police. Pam and Tommy figure out what has happened. They're freaking out. They learn that Penthouse has acquired a, a copy of the tape, and they preemptively sue them and file a restraining order. They lose, and the reason being, Pamela had posed nude for Playboy. She was very open with her sexuality. She was a sexual icon. This is what is cited as the logic of them losing this case. Obviously, she's already putting her sexuality out there. What, what's the problem with the tape? Men don't understand consent. So essentially they signed away the rights to the tape. And this is why people have the narrative that they got money out of it. There was a contract that was presented to them by a legal team. It made it seem like this tape would just be shown on a website. And because this is early internet days, in their mind, there's no way that just having something on a website means it's going to be on the internet forever. 
Pamela said she was done with the court battle. She was pregnant at the time, and she already miscarried once while working on a movie and under a lot of stress, and she didn't she didn't want to miscarry again. So she was done going to court and dealing with this. She said, I'm not being deposed anymore by these horny, weird lawyer men. That's yes. a direct quote. I know. So they signed away the rights to the tape, thinking that it would go away after that, and that's when, obviously, it escalated. And then their marriage fell apart. Tommy was already a piece of shit. He would get extremely jealous if she had a scene where she was making out with a guy on set. He would come to set. He would rage. All of her cast members were conscious of his jealousy. But then he became abusive, and that's when she called the police. And apparently what sparked the abuse was her just making comments to him that he needed to step up and he needed to be a father because she couldn't do this all on her own. And before that, she'd always been a very doting, caring wife. And he's a man-child. He was jealous of his own child for taking her attention. Yeah, this is a common theme, I feel like, with men. But, you know, she recovers from that. She is a queen. She's a girl boss. She was on Letterman. It was after the sex tape had been revealed. And just watching him with her was so disturbing. Like, all of his body language, he was leaning toward her. He was licking his lips a lot. He was asking Mm. really creepy questions. She was eight months pregnant at the time and he was like no you can't be eight months pregnant wow like clearly implying that your body is still great and then asking worth yes exactly and asking about her relationship and then she mentions that she's an executive producer on a show and he says oh you are not the executive producer what does that mean you're the executive producer fucking david letterman knows what it means to be an executive producer yeah he just couldn't believe that she would be given that job She is the queen of deflection. She always just laughs it off. She just rolls her eyes. She just smiles. She's bubbly. And this is what keeps her career going at all. That's definitely a skill. Oh, yeah. Also, in that Letterman interview, he asked the gender of her baby, and she said it's a boy. And then just snuck in there, she said, yes, I'm surrounded by men. But it was such a little jab by, like, her relationship with the men in her life and how subjugated she is by them. The sex tape was very different for Tommy than it was for her. It turned her into a caricature, which she already was, she already was, and she was already trying to combat that. She was trying to redeem her image from Baywatch Queen. She wanted serious acting roles. She was able to use that persona to join PETA and become a spokesperson for them. She persuaded Putin to ban seal fur imports. Yeah, successfully. Successfully. I know. And they were like the number one importers of it. That's insane. She met him, went to Russia and gave speeches and used what she had in a way that she knew how. Using your celebrity for good. It's genius. I mean, fuck PETA, but... I know, PETA's kind of problematic. They're they're problematic, but... Her heart was in the right place. And what she was saying is, I know what people see me as, I know why they want me, and if nothing else, I love animals, and I just want to help them, and I'm going to use that. She's still alive, obviously. She's extremely self-aware. And then she doesn't like the Marilyn Monroe comparison because it paints her as a victim, and she says, I don't want to be a victim, I want to be the hero of the story. And that is why when she was invited to do Broadway and to play Roxy on Broadway, she was like, hell yeah, I'll be Roxy. She is not a professional singer or a dancer. And I was so scared that the reviews would be negative and would tear her down. But what I was seeing is very positive responses because she was so vulnerable with it. We can't take for granted that these women are 
two-dimensional characters that we're seeing through the eyes of men who write them or photograph them into the media, which then ends up in our collective consciousness because there's so much more. Especially during this time, they weren't given the opportunity to say their side. They weren't given that platform. And even if they were, what would the response be? Like the culture at the time, right? Yeah, I wouldn't have understood like it does now. Hey, look at that positive ending. We need to get out of this hot closet. Yes, it's we do. so hot. This time we have a different sign out, oh. which was sad girls wear a frown. Something about a crown. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Bimbos wear a crown. Bimbos wear a crown. Yes. Sad girls wearing, we're sad girls yeah. wearing our frown. Okay. And we're but, also bimbos ooh. wearing our crown. We're Like I said, we're workshopping this. Yeah, it's fine. And again, reclamation of the word bimbo. Absolutely. It's our time. It's our time. Okay. Thanks. Um, that's and, all. And follow us on Spotify and all the oh, places. Yeah, Wherever yeah. you're listening yeah. to this, subscribe, follow, like, that would be super review. Helpful. Yes. All the things you hear all the YouTubers say. Yes. Do that. Do Yeah, do the that things helps that us. other people say to do for them. Do like, those, comment, subscribe. Do those for us, yes. too. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye.